The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we wrap up this trade week, I was hoping we would have seen some positives. Now, we did at least on the wheat, but the corn and the beans are to the lower side. We talk, of course, with Sue Martin. Sue is with Ag and Investment on Webster City, Iowa. You made a comment before we started the final bell about beans are going to bounce, but looks like we might not see a low until August. Well, I'm thinking that it could be August before we see our low. Now, I know, um, like in years when you do have um, expectations of large demand like we have for corn, it's not uncommon to see a July low, but those are usually what happens is you've gone down the first half of the year to put that low in. Um, so I'm still thinking that this year's an August low, and then we'll see what happens, but when I look at beans, for example, and corn to some extent too, but especially soybeans, we're following the pattern of to on dates for highs and lows very similar to the year of 1978. And that year we had a low on January 17th. This year our low was January 12th. That year we rallied into May 30th for our high. This year we rallied into May 29th for our high. That year, you broke down. You chopped around a little bit in July, but you ultimately broke down into August, I want to say 8th, 10th, something like that. I have cycle low timing due August 7th. And I have another date in August, but I'm kind of focused on the 7th of August. And then that year in 1978, soybeans turned around and made new highs for the year into October 30th. Will that happen again? There's our question mark. But so far, these turns have been coming right on cue this year. You look at the way that the pattern has been, and I know I always am impressed that you are able to pull up charts like that in your head. Um, looking back, you know, into the 70s and 1978, as you mentioned, is following some patterns going on for both corn and beans. Well, it is. And I looked at uh, the fundamentals from those years as far as carryouts. Well, our carryouts in corn were nearly almost identical, not quite, but pretty close to what we are this year. Where soybeans, the carryout was much less. But the thing is, um, you know, the bottom line is we thought that we would have a correction here anyway at this time. Our thought for highs this year was May 29th, June 10th, and June 18th. And we did never believe we'd see a high in July this year. So we were expecting a correction at this time anyway. It's just this year we really got precipitated now because of the trade war. But when you look at everybody's really down in the mouth about corn, for example, and, you know, worried. And I understand. I get it. Uh, a lot of producers are still holding old crop corn and didn't make the sales, which is so understandable. But... The thing is, you look at the market here with a trade war tariff going on, we've broken about oh, a little over 75 cents. Maybe, let's see, our high was 4.29 and a quarter, our three quarters on the Ds, and we're at uh, 353 and three quarters today. So we've broken a little over maybe 77, 78 cents. 
and everybody feels like, oh, this is horrible. It's the end of the world. Now, it might feel that way because you're hanging on to crops and it's year six from a, a major high in the soybeans and corn market. However, if you go back, last year's sort of similar. Go back to 2016. Corn put a high in around uh, early June. In 19 trading sessions, the market broke a dollar six, and then we had a nice little bounce, and then the market did one more step down into August, August 31st, September 1st, but broke down into August, the end of August, and ultimately from high to low, it was a dollar 33 and a half. So when you look at that and you think, oh my God, this is horrible, how soon we forget 2016, just two years ago, which marked our low in corn, it really was a lot worse. And we didn't even have a trade war. Yeah, you bring up the trade war, and that's had a huge influence as the way we've seen these markets trade. Very much. Now, it's my understanding that the U.S. uh, today dropped the ban on ZTE, and that's a biggie for China. Um, they they paid they admitted guilt and they paid a 1.4 billion dollar um, fine. So you know that's a big step in the right direction. Um, President Trump was going to let them have ZTE and then he caught a lot of flack, so he backed off. But they basically have settled that and uh, the U.S. has dropped their ban on ZTE today. So it's possible that we're getting subtly some little steps heading in the right direction to get China to come around. But the exports, especially for the soybeans, have continued to be on the quiet side, and it remained that way as well today. They are. Um, I think, you know, we've had some good export sales as far as uh, smaller entities coming in and buying in place of, you know, they aren't going to Brazil Brazilian beans are running anywhere from a dollar fifty to two forty over the board on September. So you know, U.S. is looking very attractive on this break. But um, I think that the trade is probably been booking what they want, and now they're just kind of taking a step back. And of course, everybody's watching China. And at some point, China's going to say, "Oh, this is cheap enough. Maybe we should go ahead versus buying them out of out of." Brazil and paying way more, maybe we should just go ahead and buy them and pay the 25% tariff. Because state-owned agencies uh, like Sinograin, they can uh, do that, and the government's going to pay them back. Around, folks, we have more coming up on the Fontenelle Final Bell here in just a moment. Sue Martin is joining us with Ag and Investment out of Webster City, Iowa. We'll take a look more at the grain side of the action and throw in some livestock as well right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin is joining us with Ag and Investment out of Webster City, Iowa. I'm proud to say, as I look out the window, it's raining. You're looking out your window a couple hours away from us. It is raining. And some cooler temperatures are prevailing. And I know that the WASDE report and talk of cooler temperatures, you were saying before we came um, went into the second half of this that we might see some effects in the next report because of the temperatures we're seeing in the month of July. Well, I think in this WASDE report, the trade was expecting a bigger yield to be used. I think they were more in the 178 camp rather than the 174. And so I think that disappointed them or surprised them. 
but I felt like it was a little early to be moving the uh, yield up. you got to get the crop pollinated and what have you, and we'll certainly have that all by us and behind us when the next report comes out. And so, you know, crop condition ratings this next Monday should decline. I believe we were around 75% on corn last time and last week and or this week, and we were at 71% on beans. So we'll probably step down on those from the because of the heat impact and what have you. But the trade will look ahead at the cooler temps coming in. Now, that said, we'll see how long those cooler temps stay with us uh, because that is going to help the crop kind of revive and perk up and, and help us. I think it's thought that pollination could go on this year through the, about the 20th, 21st of July. And so that's not really far off, but the crops have had a lot of heat, pushed them ahead, and, you know, the night temperatures, by the way, haven't cooled down a whole lot. So to have a little relief here with some rain is probably a really good thing. As we jump over to the livestock side, some cooler temperatures prevailing is good news for the cattle, especially those in the feedlots at this point. Well, it does. Um, I think that uh, the cattle market's had a nice little rally here on the feeders, and it's trying to hang together. Actually, feeders are doing the best. Um, I have trading indicators that I really like, and uh, right at the moment, they're tipped a little negatively on cattle, both fats and feeders. So, um, But yet, all we're doing is just spinning our wheels, so to speak. And that's the best way you can correct a market if you want it to be a stronger biased market. I look at the fats and I continue to believe that we've got quite a spread going between cash and futures and I think that as we go forward here this whole week's been the Goldman roll where they're rolling out of August moving out to Dece and what have you but um, I think as we go forward we're going to be looking at these Octobers probably doing a basis uh, change where we start to see cash go under the futures so you could have a softer cash market and futures don't have to break. Well, we saw such good numbers last week in this cash, and I know many cattle producers were hoping to see that continue into this week. Well, I got to tell you, Susan, it's interesting. You know, packers make it sound like they have cattle bought far out in ahead, and yet we noticed some packers already cattle that they had bought last Friday for next week's delivery, pulling them yesterday, trying to have them for a Saturday kill is what they're doing. What about for the hogs? We've continued to see struggles there, and as we get ready to move into um, third quarter, is there any concerns out there? Well, you know, exports, everybody's worried because exports are down, certainly to China, in a big way. But I also think China's kind of got their feet on the ground. They moved, you know, they went through that uh, period where they were moving their hog industry from the south up to the north. And they've got that done, and they've got themselves repopped. So I kind of think they're at a spot where they're just not wanting to bring in a lot of pork anyway. But in the meantime, the uh, trade tariffs really is impacting pork, and, and also into Mexico, too. You know, Mexico takes a lot of pork. But the one thing that we have to keep in mind is the packing plants in Mexico are set up to take fresh product, not frozen product. And therefore, if they were to get stuff in, they would have to import it in. It would take longer. The U.S., even though we have a tariff, it's still more timely. Are we going to see, or what, what are your thoughts for these producers that are looking at contracts into the fourth quarter and first quarter of 2019? 
How do they know? Do we sign these contracts? Do we wait and see what's going to happen with these trades? Well, that's just it. Um, it makes it really tough to know going ahead. I think that when we look at you know commodities in general, we are undervalued in many, many areas. You know, we have a manufacturing company here in Iowa, and uh, they're well-known throughout the whole Midwest. And, and at Sukup Manufacturing, they employ 600 people. Um, they're a wonderful company. They build bins, grain bins, and steel buildings and a few other products that they make. And, and they also, and dryers, and, but they also um, are very giving. Uh, every year they take uh, grain bins and make them into homes. The best way for folks to reach you, Sue, to talk more markets with you? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051. And you all have a great weekend. And that is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.